Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Charles Oakley. I, I will tell you, um, like, it, it means a lot to me to talk to you because the way you played for a team that's really up through your time there meant so much to me. I forced myself to kind of boycott the team mostly over the last bunch of years. Like, I went to a game two weeks ago with Daryl Morey in Daryl Morey's box, which I never would have done when I was young, yeah. Yeah. before I realized what was really going on there yeah. behind the scenes. But your teams and the way you played, really, it it meant what sports mean to people. Like, mm -hmm. the reason people give a fuck about sports right. was because of how you guys did it. I, they, well, number one, thanks for having me, but I hear it all the time, no matter where I'm at, somebody from New York, someone, people in Boston even tell me, I hate I hate you, but I like the way you play. I like the way you, you know, compete. I said, I mean, I ain't mad at you, you know, but uh, it's just, you know, I think that when you on a team, and especially, you know, back then, you had a job to do, and not just saying you played for the money, uh, the height, you played to show the fans you had the love for the game and when you put that jersey on you're going to represent that jersey in that city and a lot of that's it's, it's out the window now well in your your new book the last enforcer which is uh about as entertaining a memoir about sports as i've read in a i was trying to think back and like maybe ball four is the last book that hmm. someone wrote Right. Uh, that really brought you that much inside. Yeah. I mean, you didn't really, like in life where you don't pull slaps, I guess, not punches, but you didn't pull any punches in this book, dude. I held back a little. Only about, <laughs> no, no. I thought you held back about, I, what I thought, I'm going to ask you about no, it. No. I mean, I thought you no, held back I, about. It ain't like, you know, I was, you know, speed limit 70, I was doing 85. You know, I, you know, I can get there at 100. But uh, I wanted people to know, just, just you know, from upbringing, my career, how I stand as a person, and what you know, what you heard about me. Now you can read what the real stuff is. Is you know, I just, I just try to be the big brother, the leader, that guy who just you know didn't take no mess. Uh, truthfully, I'm very upfront, and, and I think that uh, that's the way I was raised. But what's fascinating in the book, man, is. Uh there's so many things. Like one, you just talked about the love of the game, but but it seemed to me also the decision to like love your teammates like right. family. Right. Like you, you like it yeah. seems like you really love that yes. part of it. Yes. That's how I, right? The, 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 this thing that we're gonna fucking do together the right way. That's what I was brought up and that's what I try to continue in my life today is whenever I do something organized or see something, I try to put it together and help people out in all kinds of different situations. And, and my teammates, that may be why I got traded from Chicago, because I spoke up for my teammate, what was right. And, you know, I didn't. I look as, I don't like to see people getting, who doing their job and get treated bad. Well, And a lot of that happened to me. Well, another thing that, so this comes out in the book, and, and I, I'm someone who's watched, I'll tell you later, but like, <laughs> I no, I mean, I was almost banned from the garden for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Like I, I showed up a couple years ago and Steve Mills, who I like, I've known Steve really, Steve right. and I went to the same high school. I, right. I rooted for him in high school basketball. Right. But Steve came up to me at a game and he was like, I thought you were boycotting the team. Like it had, people n knew. So I, I watched you closely, but one thing that you, it seemed to me 
in the book, you, you really don't like verbal guys, guys who are just yappy. Mm-hmm. So you weren't that verbal with the audience. Mm-hmm. But reading the book, man, it seems like you were the most analytical person in the league. Like that there is a heavy, heavy thought process going on mm-hmm. from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to bed at night. I mean, I put, I mean, I feel I can take, I'm the tough guy. You feel baby, take stuff in and, you know, and make other people feel happy, you know. So that's what I always try to do. And just, you know, I say I was, you know, one of the greatest players I would play, but I bring something to the table besides just basketball. Right, but you didn't, some guys want to show you how smart they are. Yeah. But, like, the way that you were able to talk about, let's say, Lenny Wilkins' deficiencies, mm-hmm. right? The ways Lenny Wilkins mm-hmm. didn't really show up to do his job. And right. I was... Just talk for a second, and then I'm, I'm going to back up because right. I've spit. But you just talk a little bit about because I thought this was amazing. You were like, I guess I think to myself, what a pain in the ass if a coach is going to hassle us before a playoff game. But your point of view was the opposite. Mm-hmm. You were like, where's the research? Can you just talk about that and about like because most people don't understand what it takes to win in a playoffs. I mean, being a veteran, and I think you know I played in the league a long time, and people watch you and how you do stuff, and why do people respect you? My thing is on point. If you be a leader, you have to know how to do things. Like I said, get other people going, show people that you can lead. And the thing was, younger guys coming this league, anybody I play with, that's what they're gonna say. I'm, I'm gonna just a guy that I'm mean, so detailed. Not because you know, oh, this guy finna take my job. I don't care. You can take my job. If you can take my job, maybe you gonna win. Right. Not saying I'm right. oh, he could have my team. That's what happened with the Michael Jordan, Isaiah Matching thing. When they see Michael came into the league, he take it all the hype. My thing is best for the league, you get more money. But it was just it was just one of them things that um Lenny Wilkins and I had told a guy I knew the first week of first two or three days of practice, how he practiced, it was just too easy going. You gotta when you're a new coach coming to a team and you're a veteran. He's a veteran coach. They, you know they, they speak higher. You yeah, know. you say Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame, all that yeah, great yeah, stuff. All that, Seattle, the Sonette coach, yeah, won I mean, the '79 title, right? Yeah. yeah, Cleveland. He did a great job with that team. Then, you know Atlanta. Then he came to Toronto. He was on vacation. I didn't. I didn't like that. I mean, I'm going out too. I still want to win. I think whenever you out there playing, it's still something to take. Like LeBron, he still got something to take. They just not winning. So I felt like we didn't get what we should have. A veteran coach too, and we was right there. You know, that's that's a year that we, in the playoff. And I'm in Toronto, New York Knicks beat us. The next year we beat them. But he went most of the time when you're on a roll and you as a, a game decide you go to the next series, you for be put plan to go on. But he wasn't. But pl- he didn't have plans for us to go on. So I call the team meeting. Got about four or five Philly plays and gave them to the guys, you know, as the veteran should. So I was. Uh, that but you veteran. said you felt he felt like maybe you overshadowed him by yeah. overstepped by showing the plays, right? Uh, but what? that's what I do. You know, I learned early. You know, know your detail. I went to a small history of black college, and my coach is always smart to do this, do that. So know what's going on in the system, and you know you can last a long time. That's probably why I last so long. You know, everybody said, "Well, he's a." He's, he got an attitude. It's not an attitude. It's just I'm doing what's right. Can't nobody on the team I play with say I have an attitude for it's like disrespect. My attitude is like trying to make it right. You try to win. Right, to win. <laughs> right? Prepare. Right, right. I mean, it seems like to prepare to win. Here's something you don't, you know, the things you left out in the book, obviously, 
for the sake of everybody, you did leave women. Like, you left out all the stuff that happens with women. Maybe that'll be for the second book. Well, I didn't have no pictures. <laughs> so I left the women and the pictures out. But, you know. Yes. I'm saying you left that out. You left that whole part of sort of like, like when you would say, I taught him what it means to be a pro, there was a lot of stuff like kind of left in that next sentence that okay. you just didn't say, right? Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you did, I think. But one, the other thing is you didn't talk that much. It's weird. It's a book about yourself and about these situations. But like what I remember is that your 12-footer and 15-footer were just so your, – your shooting percentage in those shots was so high. Mm. You were so good at that. You don't really talk about the times alone on a basketball court when you like got good. And I'm trying – like um, Oak has been on a lot of podcasts, so I want to ask right. stuff that not everybody right, else has asked because right, right. you you've done so right. many of these. Right. That's good. So I want to talk about a little bit – like. How, when did you when did you say to yourself I can be maybe a pro basketball player and then what was the work other than like being a good teammate and getting right. strong but like you had to I've spent like um I spent two hours a day as a kid shooting mm-hmm. that was my right right just because I wanted to get be good right. in my pickup right. games and on my shitty high right. school if team. you play you will be able to do something besides just walking in the gym but what was the work you put in alone like how did you decide I need to develop that shot like, um see back in the era. In this era, it was more structure. So basic, your your favorite like Patrick was gonna get the ball, John. I yes. mean, your top two guys. I, I always could shoot because you know I have a twenty some points in college. So like, yes, they ain't just give me layups. But now, but I knew when I came to the league that I had to redefine my game, and especially when I got drafted by Chicago. So that was right? a conscious decision on your part. What well, to I, like I was, get like I said. Not to cut you off, but no, do I, it. I think that um, like one, yeah, Atlanta Warbridge, Quinn Data, um, Sidney Green, David Green, you know, Michael Jordan. So all these guys, you know, top four pick guys. You know, I'm number nine. I'm just glad to be. But my, I figure like, let me, I gotta do something different. These guys, these guys shooting, so let me just rebound. No, I, I can get rebounds because I have a 17. And, you know, so but thank you. I was all around, but I had to step back for a scoring. Yes. So. Um, and I just stayed with most of the team in the NBA is like, especially back then, it was like you had to play your role to the fullest. You know, it ain't like now you just come down and shoot three because you're open. If you open, still they want to go through the plays, set, you know, 24 second clock. You know, you're going to run offense through at least 16, you know, What did you do seconds. to become good by yourself? When you were, how did you. Was there a, a moment where you were like, I want to be a pro, so I'm going to fucking spend two hours alone in the gym? Like, was there a time where you worked alone to become great, or was it always just playing games? I just, back then, we played a lot. We didn't, you know, I'd never been to a basketball camp growing up. Yeah. Uh, right. So, when I got a chance, I just, you know, had, I always had confidence in myself, but my thing was, I didn't know I was going to be a pro. So until I got to Virginia, my senior yes. year, I made all, you know, play other stages. No, you that. told the story how you didn't yeah. come to the, you, you, in the book, you, right. you weren't sure if you were going to be second drafted round draft or drafted, right. and then he crowds so picks you nine. the thing is, once I got there, you know, I'm working harder than anybody in the gym. So I saw I knew work hard, knowing plays, and knowing every position on your team and know who's supposed to get the ball. That's what makes you better, too. You know, like now... You know, sometimes you, throw, you watch college, they'll throw it to a guy, can't dribble, then he turn it over. You know, two, two or three, two guys that on, on the court these days, they don't know nothing for us, like, who the ball's supposed to go to. 
and that's why you got you got to know all this type of detail. That's why you say IQ for the game takes some guys over other guys because some some people just know how to play. But when the IQ kick in, that's a different game changer. Did you feel though that people weren't like when you read the when I read the book? I, I and look, everyone knows that's the other thing. You really didn't talk a lot about your businesses, which everyone knows you're such a successful business person. And maybe that's going to be Oak's business manual will be another book, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Because hopefully. that's a big part of it, right? Yeah. You 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 are not one of those sad. You're a good story where you built businesses after right, yeah. the league, Still right? Doing that, yeah. Yes. So. It's not just basketball IQ. It's and I think this is what's fascinating is you had this image of this tough guy who would mm. fight, but obviously you were thinking the whole time, not just about the game, but about right. the interpersonal shit. Right. 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 And it must have been sometimes frustrating. Um. No, I mean your bread and butter, like you, you know, like okay, I'm in the league. Okay, let me do what I'm supposed to do. Take care of my family. Da da da. Yes. This and that. Draw lines, what you can do, what you can't do. As you go, you draw lines. Like, okay, you know, you try to help some friends growing up. But yes, then you have to draw lines. You still got to build yourself up, too, as you go. And, and look around and see. You know, it's, it's, the league can teach you a lot. Because you, you come in here, guys going out. It's like open revolving doors. Uh, most guys, don't, you know, you don't play long. I prefer to knock on wood and stay healthy enough to play a long term to see a lot more, give a lot more back. But I always, I always you know, my life is all right. Helping people too, so it's just it's, this book is a different book. Like I said, there's not a lot of pictures in it. It's a book that uh, it's easy reading. It's just it's just an honest book. Well, yeah, it's really uh, super entertaining. One thing you talk about a lot in the book is like, it seems to me there's a big talking about lines a line that you judge pretty quickly if someone knows how to go about their business or they don't know how to go about yeah, their business uh, that seems important to you yeah. can you describe what like and I think that that started with your grandfather's approach in a way but can you just talk a little bit about what that means someone who knows how to go about their business you know I mean that's a good thing because when you go by the business I mean, you, you know yourself and ah. I don't know if you can judge somebody if you know um Seeing you know some different scenarios like, um, you know, like guys come to the team. You know, it's just like when I was coming out of Virginia Union, going to, uh, you know, the All Star games. You know, all these guys was ranked in front of me, and I knew that I understood the game. You know, like the, the big name schools, the Duke, the North Carolina, Kansas, and I'm at Virginia Union, and uh, and I'm holding my own. So a lot of people say, you know, because you go to a smaller school. And you know, I'm playing against these Division One, these guys, you know, for be the best cream of the crop, and I'm holding my own. And it got more easy as I went on. And I played in like four All Star games, the PIT, the E West All Star game, at the Final Four. I went to Hawaii, and I'm like, this ain't hard at all. I'm six nine, two forty. They six nine, two forty, but I got that grit, you know. Yes, the toughness. Yeah, and they just they playing good ball. But I, I can see that they ain't, you know, you know, they ain't been down, they ain't been to Alabama. They ain't walked down the dirt road so with no shoes on for a couple of days. So I felt yeah. like, okay, now I've been down that dirt road. They don't know it's dirty and, and muddy. Uh -huh. So I'm out here like, oh, okay. I, I'm feeling, my, you know, I, ain't, I wasn't feeling myself like, you know, it's a cakewalk, but I'm like, hey. I, I so you had the actual realization. You had an actual realization. Oh, the fact that I'm tough gives me an edge 
Yeah. Like you suddenly realize yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe before the games, you thought maybe those guys are Supermen because you don't yeah, know. Because they I, they go they on TV. Right, every, they're on TV. Of course, I'm yeah, on yeah. TV maybe twice in my whole career, in my four years of college, and they're on TV maybe eight times a season. So, yeah, so it seems like there's right, some other thing. Right. The, the TV making them like you know you keep running commercials like oh this is good you know like keep running stuff over and over like oh okay they must be good. Well, yeah, you know. I've had that. Exp- I mean, in the thing that I do, you know, when I first was starting to write movies, okay, in the beginning, yeah. you, uh, you do think to yourself, well, the people who can really do this must be different, right? They must be. And then my best friend and I, you know, we wrote the script, and right. then suddenly we're standing on the movie set, and it's like, oh no, it's just people. You just have to do the work. Right. Two hours every day, as hard as you can, and you can figure it out. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's it's uh, it's funny when you get the realization because you, I remember it thinking, well those names on the screen have to be different than me and then you realize well maybe not they just got they just they was in that space and somebody had but yeah but you come along you just just good sooner or later that the writing yeah it'll, to the top. it'll come to the top in some way you can get there <laughs> so one thing related to this is and you talk about this a little bit too as a fan it always seemed like you never took a night off like you just never took a night off when you were if you were in the game if you were right. healthy enough to play in the game, right? It really never seemed like you fucking sloughed off a game. Well, I talk about that because uh, in the book, because you know some guys you hear commentators and people say, well, we're not playing the top ten, top twenty team. Uh, let me just walk through it like it's just you know no, you can't do that. And I, and I hate when they talk or like when they when commentators and, and people talk like that like. You know, you don't want to feel like you're not doing your job. And then when you turn going through the motion, then this team jump on your back, you're down 20, then at the game, like, wow, oh, man, we took them for granted. No, just go and play. My thing, I had to because a lot of guys were more skilled than me. My job was like, you know, if I'm going to open up at 7, I got to be there at quarter to 7. If I'm going to close, you know, I was like the janitor. Yeah. I had to do these jobs before you even get there. So my job is always going, never stop. You you were never tempted to take it. Like even no, if you were out, you know. No. Eat, I didn't want to sit out when they tell you, "Well, we didn't clinch the playoff. We didn't did this and that." I just, you know, you want to play through it. I mean, I know it's a new generation in the NBA now, a new way of doing. But you things. say load management in the book. You slam load yeah. management. Yeah. You said you started uh, nah. with Kawhi, and you don't like nah, it. I don't like like last uh, the night. Philly they sit up James Harden and the B. Both of them they won, but. I mean, you know, it's been a pandemic. It's been all this. People didn't pay money to drive an hour or two to see the team play. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just a new way of doing it. It's a low manage. It's just, I don't I don't think, you know, like I said, they played 72 games last year, 82 this year. But that was that's the game. Baseball been playing 162. And NFL, I know added a game here and there every 10 years. But it's still, you know, they, at what, 17 now? Yeah. I mean, they only talking about so much. Uh, head drone I mean head concussions, yeah. concussions this and that but they you know it's about money these games is about money <laughs> then you were never tempted to to no I wouldn't I mean I'm not a superstar but my thing I want you know I want to go out and play every night and show you know show my what I can do and it's consistent you know I know 82 games is a lot but you sign up for it and you know you, you know you probably get your body ready for it through the season, uh, I think back in our day, we just played and did what we had to do, and it wasn't like these guys. Now they put million dollars into their bodies to keep it going, and it's it's uh, it's upkeep. <laughs> well, when you you talk about uh, 
related to this, you talk about code a lot, like code of friendship and like the code among, right. it seems to really fucking matter to you, man. And so how would like, like, you know, throughout the book, and I was wondering, I'm reading the book and I'm like, man, he's taking a lot of shots at Patrick. Right. And then you tell the story at the end about why. Or as a reader, what I thought was, he wouldn't have said a bunch of this stuff about Patrick if Patrick had stood up for him. And which we, we, that has to be true because you don't slam your friends in the book and you made it seems to me Patrick showed himself to you as not your friend in the way you thought right. he was. Is that true? True. I, you know, I went to war with him for 10 years and da 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 this and that. Uh, it's, it wasn't it's, it's, it wasn't easy to play with Patrick. I mean, you can ask every hundred guys who probably more played with it. He just was a difficult guy. We made his job easy every night. Um, he was the lead singer, so we the band. He the lead singer, so he gonna get eighty uh, percent of the money. We get twenty percent. So he had still help us, but he never went to bat for nobody. When guys on the team never brung us together, never had a. I mean, we played together for 10 years. I only went to dinner maybe three times in New York. Right. You said that. Well, the, and the great story maybe. you say about Vince, you say uh, when he goes to the, when his picture's on the poster, it's him, not us. Right. When, right you're, you say it's the same thing about Patrick, I guess. But uh, you felt like, so it's like when the quarterback takes the offensive line out to dinner, some guys will do it every week and some guys do it once a season. And you think there's a difference. It's a difference. He never done it as a team. I mean, you know, uh, when, I, when he well, he started hanging out more once he got to be a coach in Washington with Mike for the uh, Wizards, Bullets, other team. But he he, he started seeing that after basketball, you got to engage. He never engaged doing it, you know. And then you wait till you get fifty and start start engaged. It's almost too late, you know. He didn't have that bring you together da 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 you know you know he wanted to score, he wanted the ball he wanted to, you know on the basketball court but sometimes it's off the court too you know you got to show the teammate you know you getting all the accolades we making it easy for you we getting the rebound we taking the charge and we diving in the stands giving you the ball you got to show you appreciate us yeah he didn't show that side and like you you said there's this little tossed off line in the book that you just casually mentioned later. You're done kind of talking about all that. And then he doesn't stand up for you when the thing happens at the garden. And you're like, all right, I'm going to tell it. And you say the thing about, you know, all the fadeaways. And like the audience, as a fan member, I was at all those games. Like mm -hmm. I had seasons from 1989. I was every game. The fadeaways would drive us fucking crazy. But then the team would say, no, Patrick's our guy. You know, every, all you guys stood up for him, which was the right thing to do. Right, you stand up for your you team have man. to stand up for yeah. him. But as a fan, you would watch those fade with those turnaround fadeaways, and like the games that it was going in, great. But when it wasn't, it would drive but you crazy. Another, another thing about that, not just that his fadeaway. It's that if you watch a Keem Olajuwon play, uh, or you know, he's a so he probably him and Mikael some of the best post moves ever. He's just the way that in that series that we played against. Houston, we should have beat Houston in five. Yeah, if we would have moved the ball, we should have beat them. But see, he, he didn't have a good series. Number one, number two, but he kept shooting. My thing is, Akeem made the biggest play in the whole thing when he faked the double team came. He threw the ball. Sam Cassell hit the big three. We weren't doing that. And then a lot of games against the Bulls. Another thing, he shouldn't have had the same age as Michael because. David Falk was telling Michael what it was, just telling Patrick what he wanted to hear. It's a different. 
He was telling, say that again. David Falk was telling Michael, Michael what the he, truth was, and, and he was just telling Patrick what Patrick wanted to hear. Right. And he yeah. wanted to be in the same conversation as Mike. And that's a big thing to me, because if you watch The Last Dance, and I know it's, you know, and when Patrick said, he said it out of his mouth, because they interviewed him. When Michael had 50 and Patrick had 40 something, in The Last Dance, he said, I got mine. Right. You won't say that. No, that's you can't say that. That's that's what I'm talking about. And and that was like uh, in your mind, that's like a a character liability. But that's it's not a that's just a basketball thing. It's like about the, but, it's but, a revealing but, of but the character. That's, so right? that's what he's thinking because one year he said I'm gonna win MVP, and, the, and they went off on him and like what does he care about the MVP? He just said you're gonna win the championship. championship. Right. So he says stuff, but you know. I mean, he was our best player. We gave him all that, but everybody got a best player on the team. It's what your best player can carry you to and do. Yeah, well, how many A players? You say a few times that, you know, this guy is an A player. There's only a f- And it seems to me like in your mind, at any time in the league, there's only like four A players or something. Yeah, it ain't a lot. Right, like you, you don't... Know, I mean, you know, Reggie Miller was good, all them guys, but you got to go with the Kobe, the Mike, uh, the King, what he did, uh, LeBron. Yes. Uh, Shaq was a force. I mean, you know, you know, a lot of the guys is real good, but them five guys, you can look, go back and look yeah. at their Kareem, career. Kareem, Magic, Bird, for me. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Bef- think I'm before saying, you. Yeah, yeah, but- yeah, before. Well, you know, Magic, Bird, Kareem. I'm not saying what them guys did with their team. You know, Sha- Shaq was a force. Kobe was the force. Mike, LeBron, all of them Ice Cube guys. I mean, but the other guys... I ain't saying they this A plus A minus it's there, but they they don't have the it. Yeah, that's no. I I it landed on me reading it because it was like most people. What I really loved was that you said it. Like you said it in very clear terms. Like, look, there's if you don't get the basically what you're saying was if you're the guy on the team, mm-hmm. but you don't bring us a championship when you've got a good supporting cast, then you're not the guy. Yeah, then they try to say we. I think we had enough, and we would just move the ball. And it's like when Detroit won it. I mean, you know, they didn't have a, a lot of. You know, they didn't have one A player. Do you wish they you went play- chip shopping or no? Like, huh. do you wish you do you wish you stayed and tried to get it? No, you got to do. I mean, you try to play the right way. Uh, chasing the, you know. Yeah, chasing a ring. At the end of your career, you know. You might go to a team and just, you know, I wanted to win one in New York. I mean, it's no better place. And the fan, they, you know, they have you know, won one since the early 70s, and they needed one. And I think we – I thought we had the team enough – we could have went two or three times. It's just bad, like the Reggie Miller game, then the, then with the Bulls, we up 2-0. I mean, we, you see the door was open. We, we, the door was open to us to get there. You know, they say we got to beat the best. You got, you know, bulls in our way. Yes, they was most of the time. But I said it about Pat Riley. We, when you play in Chicago, Olga, with Michael Jordan, the, the way they was with Phil Jackson had the team structure. Some game we play guys just to play their minute. We got to play guys. We want to win. Sometimes really guys who playing, you was playing 15, 20 minutes off the bench, they might not can play for five minutes. Yeah, that was fascinating when the, in the book where you talk about the guys who stick with the rotation. Yeah. That's a specific minute-by-minute minute rotation versus – Coaches who have a little bit of feel, and it's you know you celebrate Riley in the book. You you acknowledge that he's a, in a fascinating way, uh, and I experienced it. I went up to him at I was a, oh, I had a I had a, a, 
Michael Douglas starred in one of my a movie that I wrote and directed, and and at his birthday party, Riley was there, and I built up. I told my son, I'm going to go tell that guy he was a traitor. <laughs> like at a, at a party, yeah. my, I can't, can't do it. So I go up to Riley, and in one minute he owned me. Like he's so good oh, yeah. at. He was like he he just quickly saw the situation and. The power of that guy's mind is he, very strong, right? He's like a female come dressed to kill to a party. She ain't on the list, but you might let her in. Yes, <laughs> he is, man. It's incredible. So, yeah, he, he, he can sell himself to you, you know, because he come in with a suit on, hat to the back, looking like you know. But he, he, he was a good guy. But my thing is, I even had a bad running with him, but then I just, I just wish. We could have got more. Well, I thought he since he come in with rings and coached one of the best guys ever. Kareem, you know, players. Kareem, imagine it'll rub off, and it just he didn't like to adjust. He wanted his way on the highway. He was gonna double team the post, da da da, this and that. He gonna he gonna trap the trap up top. Uh, you know, he, you know. He yet, go- yet you went to him on LeBron's behalf a little bit, and yeah. sort of helped. In a sort of a conciliary, like in the way you kind of helped ease that thing into happening, right? Oh, when I said, uh, yeah, that was amazing, though. I, because I call him, you know, you know, I wouldn't put that story in there. You know, some story I wouldn't put. Did you in. ask him if it was okay? Yeah. Who'd oh, you yeah. ask, LeBron and Pat? No, I ain't asked Pat. I'm talking about LeBron there. Yeah. His whole clique. Because, matter of fact, you know, I went to Orlando, then I went to Miami, and, uh, you know, I talked to Pat right there. I told him about it, this and that. He said, <laughs> and, uh, it was just funny the way um, how it happened. It, it, it came out like that because people were like, wow. You yeah, so the, whole- the book, what it says is, I'll just tell it. Uh, when LeBron was deciding, LeBron had said something to Oak it was about- was at dinner at di- Orlando. Yeah, and he'd the, said, the, he'd, yeah. he said to you that he wanted to play at Miami. So, yeah. th- so uh, uh, I guess he nodded at you. It's not interface. You say in the book, no tampering. I wasn't a business agent of anybody, right. but- you made it a point to say to I mean, Riley. I was cool with Riles, so I just mentioned, like, hey. Hey, a superstar, you say a superstar wants to come play yeah. with you. He's on the other yeah. end of the court tonight. When, like, and you say Riley played it kind of cool. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. I mean, he play, He can play a Western movie. A Western, he did a lot of stuff as a coach that, you know, been, oh, he worked you hard. I mean, it's part of the job. These guys, when guys start complaining about work, I mean, I mean, when the game get tough and going, you're going to bail out too. When you complain about stuff like that and you ain't wore nothing, right? You know, I heard some of my other guys. Oh, he's this and this coach. I'm like, guys, it's part of build up. It's gonna help you in the long run. Everybody talking, we ain't got no legs, this and that. I don't believe that. Just go home and rest, right? And then come back and do it again. <laughs> right? Did uh, <laughs> of course, man. <laughs> As far as all that stuff, you know, you you speak very honestly in the book. Did, have you heard from any, like, did you call Patrick and tell him you were going to say any of this in the no. book? I, I mean, maybe you can't talk to those guys who work in any way or close no, to the next. Uh, no, I ain't called much. Did you hear from any of those people? No, like, did Patrick call you? No, nobody gonna call me. Yeah, <laughs> no. But they, so they didn't. You just put it out there. And will you be cool with Patrick the next time you see him? Do you think it'll be know. okay? This it not, the, the book ain't got nothing to do with, with being cool with Patrick or not. It's what happened at the garden with Patrick. Mm-hmm. It ain't really the book. I don't care about the book. Well, that's what I'm saying. If he did, had defended you at the garden, I, I, 
I think maybe you wouldn't have he probably, it was been so be, direct he's, about he's him. He's still going to be in the book, but how he's going to be in the book. That's what I'm saying. The way he's in the book what feels to me. What floor going to get off on? <laughs> yes, it did feel like that change. And you have, it seems to me you have a lot more sympathy for Starks because Starks needs the job. I, I, no, I... Starks you, needs the job. You go to your, you go to your superstar. John was the superstar. Patrick was you know first draft pick in the draft. He was yes. supposed to bring New York a championship. Uh, yeah, I'm saying even in the in the after the altercation at the Garden, it seems like you were annoyed yeah. that Starks didn't put his arms around you. But on the other hand, you understand I it because he needs the gig. Patrick, Patrick doesn't need the, the gig. Patrick is the guy. When you get Reggie Miller, Brad Doherty. All these guys from the you know Pacers or the they, all these guys calling me and support me and I play you for ten years and you don't support me that's bad look that's a bad look on him though and a lot of people not just because the book or what I'm saying that a lot of people look at Patrick as selfish right serious a lot of people not even Michael Jordan he was it's an old clip they were talking about at All Star game you know. Saying, oh, damn, they go that motherfucker shoot. He'll shoot three guys on him. So they talk, people talk bad about him. And, you know, I, be, I swear to God, my mother, my kids, I've been in the grocery stores and stuff, shopping in New York and Jersey area. And people come up to me, like, I try to get Patrick's son autograph or take a picture. He won't do it. I get that a lot. Really? A lot. And that ain't good. And you a coach now. I mean, to this day, you know, like, I see Patrick's son. He said, well, I'd rather not sign because I got to sign it for everybody. Like, Keep mean, moving. Sign and keep moving. But you he, can sign and keep moving. But that's that's been it. Even when we played, you know. On the road, he'll open up a little more at home. Like, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't like uh, that you took a little shot at Bernard because he means too much to me because yeah. of my age. I'm 55, yeah, so Bernard I meant did. the world I, to me as a yeah, kid. I, I went at Bernard. And John Stark's foundation did it. I said, Bernard, you was wrong. Oh, you told him? Yeah. Told and what him. did he I say? I grabbed him. And <laughs> he said nothing. He told my his wife wanted to go. I said, no Oh, way. yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I said in the book. Yeah, you so, said the thing about his wife. Well, yeah, yes, I said, your you wife, did. they got 41 home games. Ain't like they won 10 in a row. What she want to see? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just fun. I just, because everybody was there like, oh, shit, what we going to do now? Can someone uh, get back? So one of the things I, I love, you know, I have a godfather sense of loyalty too. Like if a friend's disloyal, they're not your friend anymore. But uh, I've lived a lot of my life that way. But with the league and with you guys all, inter you, you, you're kind of put in situations where you have to interact with people a lot of the time because the community of guys, the community of guys who played on the level you did and tight with Michael and in that thing, as you've said, you've been in uh, over and over, you're saying, well, I ended up being in an event and that guy was there and either he avoided me or we didn't. Can anyone get back in your good graces once you've, they've shown you they're not loyal? Or once they've shown you they're not loyal, it's over? I mean, it, it was the situation that I could have went to jail or something like that and you could have, some is, you know, some a little more petty. I think that, that was that was big though, what happened at the guard for you know these guys. I play with these guys. They know I'm not a, a this and that. You know this guy called me an alcoholic, an anger man, a problem, and like you say, I mean they might say something. You know, I it just said Patrick should have had a press conference. Like no, right. Let me tell you about the man I know. That's what you wanted. Right. You felt you earned, forgetting what actually happened the guard, I don't want to get into that for your legal reasons, but but you felt that after the fact, a couple of those guys should have said, let me tell you about he's, what Charles Oakley is like. No, particularly he should, him. He should have. 
you know. Because you felt you went the you went a long way for him when you I, were playing. I, I've been over for him many times on the court, off, off the, the court. court. Uh, he was my teammate, so I wasn't gonna nothing never happen to him if, around, if I'm around. And I yeah. think you know, on the court, off the court, I had his back 110. percent You know, like I said, we played together for 10 years, so right. Like and and all the, I'm sure, all the secrets that you guys share. Things not, a lot, that, not a lot of secrets though. I ain't because be, he I wouldn't ain't, go out. He he didn't do a lot with as. It, he didn't go out and, and engage with his teammate a lot. You know, everybody talking about how you build your core, your togetherness, and we missed a lot of that. You know, every other team I played with, even Mike, early in his career, we went out with a piece of place. We went bowling. I mean, we did stuff. He would, you know, Patrick would never do that. Uh, we have people, in the, you know, Mike. You know, he have stuff in the room. We would play cards. You know, has has Barkley said anything to you since the no. book came out? He said that no. Did Kenny? Like none of those guys have reached out to you. No. On Bar, has anyone tried to make the peace with you and Barkley? Anyone reached out and said let's no. let's bury it? I ain't really no bad blood. You know, it's just. He, he he crossed the line. Well, you the, put the knife in a little bit by in the one sentence where you're just like, uh, he's not even close with Mike anymore. Which no, you know that has to uh, really, uh, now oh, you yeah. know that had to really oh, yeah. cut him. He, he can't and you just let that be in there. Because <laughs> the public perception is that he and Mike, uh, oh, no, yeah, it, it, no, my, him and Mike is like Isaiah and Mike now. They're that cold? Like Isaiah yeah. and Mike? Yeah, he he put himself in a he down he he's in the down south where ain't no lights it's dark. For yeah, the only time hours. so Mike's like you know obviously like right. a huge hero to me and uh, the only time I ever wished those all of you guys would have rallied around Tiger a little bit more, but uh, it felt like Barkley and 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 Mike didn't quite rally in the way that they, they could have you know. Well, I think they was closer friends. I, I don't know. I don't really know how close Barkley is with Tiger. I think mean, he talk a lot about Tiger, but <laughs> you think it's the same thing? Like he talks. Uh, about? Well, he was him and Mike was close. He played golf all the time together. I know Mike and Tiger was was close because you know I've been around him many a time with Mike and Tiger. You know different places. I never at all the times I've been around Tiger, Mike never seen Barkley with Tiger. Fascinating, right? So, so yes, yeah, so you may never run into Barkley. It's possible him. you might not run into Barkley again. Oh, I'll run to him somewhere. We ain't gonna say that. I mean, it's hilarious. I'll just say right in the beginning of the book, Oak says, uh, it's not true that I ever punched uh, Charles Barkley, but I did slap the shit out of him. Yeah. And it's a great, it's a great way to start the thing. Oh, yeah. But also, speaking of slapping, um, it seems like you have this awareness, and maybe this is just because of how you came up in the world. But it does seem you have like this old school awareness. I've hung out with a lot of like current NBA players I'm, because I'm friends with certain guys. So, mm. And even if they came up in a certain way, they don't seem to really still, the ones I know anyway, will have the idea that violence could be around the corner at any moment. Like that in the code of men, right. someone could say something and shit could just happen. Right. And like, what? Even when you're talking about going to the hip hop awards, and even when you're talking about, I decided I wasn't going to go to that because I felt something was weird, the after party. Mm -hmm. It seems like you have a total awareness oh, yeah. that violence around the corner. So, yeah. And the younger guys don't seem, like again, on the edge yeah. of some guy, right. but, but I'm saying mainly, even guys who came up that way don't seem to live that way. I'm, more of a, I'm, I'm really a street guy too, so you know what's hot and what's cold when you're in the streets. You know. Uh, so, you know what smoke over here? 
it's cool over there, all right over there. So, you know, just knowing a little, having a little street knowledge. Do you still consider yourself a street guy, even though you're a multimillionaire with so many successful businesses? It's, it's just, you know, you never, you know, like I said, where you from? I'm from Cleveland. That's right. always my home. So my the foundation is, um, you know, I loved in the acknowledgments that you say you weren't gonna. I mean, I really read every fucking word. So I loved in the acknowledgments when you were like, "There are a couple guys I'm not gonna say their names because they don't want me to." Oh yeah, those are the Cleveland guys, yeah, right? Yeah, Cleveland, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, still so my knowledge. I want that to be more a fun like. But you wanted them to know, but also that you were keeping right, the code, right? right in a and way, like when I said, I wish rest in peace, Mason. I wish Mason like about the guard situation. Yes. So I wish Mason would we would still be fighting. You know, just put a little a little ice cream on it. It yeah. was cool, though. But you still consider yourself someone who's just aware. But oh. it's not just, I'm not even just talking about that, like, gang violence or street oh, violence. Yeah. But it also seems like you're aware that there's a code and that at any moment it might have to be enforced. Yeah. And that, that enforcing it might mean dealing with it with your chest as opposed to just with your words. Are you because you say oh you know a few different six times in the book maybe you you get to the point with someone where you have to it feels to you like you have to resort to that uh, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do but I think that it's just just it's just upbringing uh, we I grew up uh. in the city you see things you know happen as a kid as you grow up you see things you know you find out what the good the good street the bad streets and when you understand that it's just like. Like I said, when you're in L.A., certain places you can go, certain places you can't go. So you got to know where you're at. Don't go somewhere looking for an address. Know address, know the address before you get there. Yeah. So Know how you're going to leave the room before you walk into the room. Like, it's a good thing they got Google now. Try to, you know, like, I don't go to a lot of places, especially on my out-of-town spots that I don't know or somebody, I know somebody been there. No, I just, just sometimes, I, I don't go to a dead ends. Sometimes you go to a place and be a dead end and you don't know nothing about. I just don't like to just or somebody said there's something going on over here. Let's go here. No, I don't. I like to have some idea of what's going on over there, what what area is in, or something like that. But I just it it, you know. it also seems like some people who get in fights, it seems like they get in fights because they kind of like go off and snap. I'm not talking about in game. I'm talking about outside of game. They snap, but the way you talk about it in the book, it's much more like almost like a business, like a technique, right? Like you make a decision right. that you're gonna fix something and because the, all other avenues have been tried. Do we get to a point though, as we get near 60, you know, we're, I'm 55. So do we get to a point as we get near 60 where we're just like, maybe I should leave that behind as a constant inner growth kind of a thing or no? I, I don't try to carry stuff all that, I'm like said, 60, 70, it's just, like the newspaper, you know, people going different editors or writers going to come and go. So when you know something, and then you go somewhere, you know, you can smell the smoke of his, you know, his yes. okay spot to be at. You can get the vibe by the people sometimes. You know, I, I don't mind going to places people still in the, in the city still go, and it will be a nice place. I don't mind that. But well, yeah, but I'm talking about when you decide, like a couple times in the book, you decide you have to slap somebody. And you do. You literally make a decision. Like, you get a guy and you're like, I'm going to, because in order to either get the money or set him straight or protect somebody's honor, I have to fucking deal with this. Well, you know, it, my book my book is basic, is uh, compared to the 80s and 90s. Yes. So, 
I don't, since 2000, I ain't had to really smack nobody. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. So you've, in so, your mind, you don't do it anymore? Well, I'm getting older. I'm, I'm maturing more. That's what I was going to ask. No, I had that written down. because, no, like, cause like, I don't I don't have run-ins no more. Why? Because I'm not doing a lot of things with people that I don't, you know. Yeah. You know, like some guys who come to something is full of stuff. Now I'm doing on a different level of life. But you can lose. Like also, I was going to say like, okay, so I'm a big poker player. I love to play poker. Right. I play poker. Too. I know. I Yeah. So I love to play poker, right? Yeah. We've sat in some of this at different times. We've sat in some of the same uh, with, with, you know, someone who owns an right. NBA team now right. who has a game in New York, but has had a game in New York. Right. We sat, but, but, uh, you know, when someone stiffs the game, doesn't happen very often. Rarely happens that somebody doesn't pay. They uh, does stiff the game. But now I would let it. It was like like at my age now I would go like let's try let's ban that person from the game. Right, let's yeah. do whatever. But in the old days maybe you would guys would get angry and want to like take oh, it yeah. to like uh, are you able to let that shit go now? Like are you working? Did you do the work on yourself to let that shit go, or can you not let that shit go still? I don't I don't go looking for trouble. Like sometimes trouble just it's just like. <laughs> To this day, it's just something about security guards with me. It's just like they feel like yes, they want to try me. At, I don't give a yeah, but because you're the toughest guy in the room, so they well, have to prove themselves. Well, yeah, they just I don't know. I'm suited up, and you know, I let you know I let you push me once. I ain't gonna let you push me twice. Sure. Yes. And I don't like I said go out looking for no action. But it's just something with, with security guards or something about they just. Guys just feel like you know I got I want to say they got into it with me or whatever, but no, I stay away from. I don't you know, cause I don't want to get riled up and now as you know. Yes. So I try to stay away from that type of action. How about in your businesses? Are you in your businesses? So like it's one thing if you're. I was thinking about this like, it's like why Magic wasn't a good coach or why you know, uh, superstars people who and like so. You might say, oh, I wasn't a superstar, but you achieved the highest level of athletic success and you were around people who were all great, right? right? When people work for you in various jobs where they're not making that kind of money, their commitment, how do you how do you adjust as a boss to like your levels of expectations on on people? Well, it's quite what the job calls for. Right. I mean, you know, so it's a business, it's levels in it, and you got you go by numbers or you go by the the productions. And so you got a scale that this person for do this, this yeah. person do that, and you're not meeting it. It ain't saying overwhelmed numbers, just not you're not meeting your numbers. I mean, that's how you run that. But as far as this, do you I like business? Like, do you I, like doing I like, it? I like business, you know. Um, and I'm real on like how people start up business, how you know they like a lot of business. I was you know different. Than, like they said, well, why you want to do this? Why you want that? I said, well, if you got 20 of them, you tell me it ain't a good idea to get that. I mean, one, I'll take a chance with one. You yes, take a chance with yes, 20. of course. So I get that a lot because I talk to different people about different businesses. So, But no, I just, I just like interaction about business. So I try to pick people's minds. What do you love about cooking? Because I'm friends with a lot of chefs. I, a, a lot of chefs uh, are in my life. What, so how do you, is cooking for you like meditation and relief? Or is it the same kind of like intense focus? So I'll talk about cooking in my He's a world-class, Charles, so, a world-class chef I just by like, all accounts. Um, when I was coming up, my, how my grandmother, my mother, my family cooked food. And 
when they always cook, they cooked a lot, and they invite the neighbors or people on the street over. So it just it's just been a thing to the family, and I just took a I'm real picky, so I learned how to. You know, just make meals. Just start making meals, making meals, making meals. Never went to culinary school. I was on Chops. I've been on different cooking shows, but I, I love doing it because it, it excites people. They like, I, you know, you cooking for 100 people, 200, 300, you yeah. know. You know, I don't do it to get the pat on the shoulder because it's, it's hard work. It's very hard work, <laughs> so yeah. I'm doing it, but the product, I, at the end of it, I want the people who eat it like, wow. Because whatever I tell them all the time, if I'm cooking this for you, that means I'm eating it too. I ain't going to cook something just cause, just to kill time. I'm going to put my heart and soul So when you're it. going down to Carbone, does Jeff call them and go, like, you got to take like make it right? Like, no, nah, I just go down there. Jeff, 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 they do a great job. I've had the best. I, 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 no I go to the one in Miami, there. it'd be a line. they just doing a great job. And you don't send the food back there? No. Nah. Cause I only eat like certain things. When I go to the places, I already know what I'm gonna get. I don't try. My thing is, I don't. Do you try like that spicy rigatoni they have there? That's all I eat, basically. Right, so good. It yeah. is. This is just a free plug for Carbone's yeah. spicy rigatoni because it's so fucking. I went to Rayos last week. They they had almost. It was pretty good. Rayos. Which Rayos did you go to here? 116. Yeah, me too. I went two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, Monday night. It yep. was, they killed it. Dino yeah. was... All right, shout out to Dino, the chef at Rayos. He's been there forever. Yes. He, it's, honestly, it's very hard. It's worth it. If anyone ever invites you, fly across the country. Yeah. Go to Rayos. It's, yeah, it's good. It's, it's worth... Uh, well, what's your favorite restaurant in New York right now? Oh, man, it's tough. Name two. It's still tough. My thing is, when I played in New York... My thing was I was trying to go to a different restaurant every night. I went. I yeah. I, I went to the some of the same ones, but I wanted to go to show people in the restaurant business that you know show them love. Yes, and that's why I, you know like some guys go to the same way. No, I went to all different ones. No matter downtown, uptown, Harlem, whatever. I was just that that, that type of player. I just wanted people to know. Hey, did you ever go eat with uh, William Goldman? You know the, the guy who wrote Butch Cassidy. He he was always at, he was at every game right under the basket. Oh, Old guy. Because he's one of those guys. He would take people sometimes. I bet you did. Maybe you did once. Maybe, maybe not. I know the, um, what's his name from R, RM, or RC, no, R, Sony. He used to be there at the game all the time. Uh, and did you, did you go, uh, uh, like, in this trip in New York, where, where do you live now? Back, I was here during the pandemic, myself in storage right now. But I'm in the city or out of the city? I was in Westchester for, like, 25, then I moved to Riverside, I mean, uh, River. With uh, Edgewater, New Jersey. Right. So then you would come to the city to eat. If oh, you're in Edgewater, you come to the city. No, there's a few places, but I, just, I cook all the time. Still? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love my cooking. And where do you live the rest <laughs> of the year now? Uh, back and forth to, uh, I'm in Cleveland a lot. My mom's, you know, 86, so I just left from Cleveland, too. So I'm, 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 I'm cycling around back in New York to Cleveland. Last thing, what do you want your 60s to look like? Like, how I do you want to live 60s. your life in your 60s? I want to... Keep doing my all got hungry, uh, all other things, Blobson, and uh, another book, a movie. Uh, let's watch my What's kids the movie? Grow you up. want movie out of the movie out of the book? Uh, just a movie. It's a lot of stuff I left out. And uh, like I said, two years I'm gonna revisit probably another book, but definitely I'm trying to work. I get a lot of action for doc, doing documentary right now, so I'm gonna see what happens. Uh, we we talked about doing something like the last dance. But see, my thing it would just be basketball. It'd be like all the stories, cause all the stories they travel. My story is just not one place to travel. 
They're great. You got to get Jason Williams in there telling stories too. Oh yeah, I talk to Jason. We talk every morning right at five o'clock in the morning. Really? Yeah. So my guy. And he just makes up some bullshit to tell you. Who Jason? Thirty percent true. Thirty percent true. No, Jason. He needs some new ones though. He keep telling the same ones. Well, you got to go live some life with him. But you know what? He's one of them guys that. If you see him ten times, you are gonna laugh because he just you know he he know how to present them. That's He's, awesome. Jason is a great guy. I just wish that people would give him a second chance. He was we used to have so much stuff going on in Jersey. He'd go do stuff with kids, clinics, do camps, golf tournaments. Golf, I remember. Yeah. I mean, Jason, man, he probably one of the best I did ever give back. I mean, it was very clear in the book. You took that time to talk about him, like you set it up, and then last, very last thing. Uh, how did you like working with Frank Isola, a guy who wrote harsh shit when oh, he was a journalist? Yeah. He's written mean shit about every player. Uh, how was the experience his, working together job. with somebody? I tell everybody, it's like a city worker or a cop or somebody, they doing their job. I mean, in life, when you do something wrong and they doing their job, you can't you can't penalize. I mean, like, he's a writer. And, yes. you know, I think all the writers, whoever wrote during the past year in 15 years, they didn't get a, they didn't get a lead story. Because he wasn't going to say nothing that give you a chance to write. So they had to write about everybody else. So, yeah, they do write hard about you. And um, you, you can't worry about the writers. You know, as long as you know you're giving your effort on the court, that means you're losing, that means you don't have enough talent, that means somebody's going to get fired, the coach or the GM. So that's how life is. Frank is a great guy, though. Matter of fact, we're going to a Yogi Bear Museum tomorrow. We're doing a signing. Oh, that's awesome. He did a... He did a great job helping you tell your stories. Thank he really he 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 nailed it. I disagree with him about basketball a lot, but I got to give it up to him. Yeah. He he did a great job with you. All right, Charles Oakley, thank you for being here. Listen, folks, the thank book you. is really great. The Last Enforcer. <laughs> Read the book. You will laugh. It will give you a real understanding in what the NBA was like in the '80s and '90s, and uh, and if you care about the Knicks or the Bulls or Toronto. Uh, and also, if you just want somebody, I mean, your opinion of Dennis Rodman is exactly what mine is, so I loved reading that part of the book. Uh, and it's not really the opinion that's celebrated in The Last Dance. That's all I'll say. All right, thanks, everybody. We will see you next time. You can find me on Twitter, at Brian Koppelman. Take care. See you next time. <laughs>